0: Welcome back, adventurer, to Becoming the Hero. I'm here again with Adam Gunton. And uh, picking up where we left off last time, Adam, if you went back to your high school years or or when your addiction really started, what would you have done to prevent yourself from becoming addicted?
1: If I was a parent, it would be different than if I was me back then. If I was a parent or a adult or someone that is looking after a youth, if you start noticing things, you sit them down and you have the conversation. And if they fight you about it or anything like that, you continue to have the conversation out of love. And the thing about it is that there is a overwhelming, overwhelmingly high percentage of teens that admit to experimenting with alcohol and other drugs, teens, the average age right now for first consumption of alcohol is 11 or 12 years old. And marijuana is, they're saying is 14. So I started around 12, 13 with everything, with marijuana, cocaine, and alcohol. I went off with a bang. But the thing is, is that some people are able to experiment and then make it out without becoming addicted. But anyone that would have talked to me and gotten the truth out of me could have seen that I was going down a very dangerous path. A very dangerous path. I don't remember anything except for the D.A.R.E. program coming in when I was in fourth grade. (laughs) And the D.A.R.E. program didn't work. The D.A.R.E. program actually basically told me about drugs and alcohol for the first time. And I remember wearing the, the drunk goggles and like almost falling and the whole class laughing. And I was like, oh, well, if I get drunk, I'm going to make everybody laugh, you know. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that we're talking about this right now because the vision of Recovered on Purpose in the future, when all of these addicts in recovery are sharing their stories powerfully to help addicts suffering, they're going to build this certain kind of confidence in telling their story like that. And then there's a, there's a totally different kind of rhetoric, a totally different kind of speech that has to happen to kids and schools. And when we have 10, 15, 20,000 addicts in recovery that are confidently sharing their stories, then boom, we come out with a new program that smashes the D.A.R.E. program. We let kids know that they, that they maybe they do experiment, but if they notice one of their friends who was experimenting starting to go down that path. Here's the signs, here's the warnings, here's what I went through and here's where I ended up. You know, this is the time to help them. Giving power to kids is actually the best thing we can do because kids already think they have all the power. They already think that you can't tell me what to do and you can't do this and you can't do that. You know, if you go in and tell a kid when he's 10, 11 years old not to drink or use drugs, he's like, ooh, when can I find some drinking and drugs? You know. That's just how young boys are. But if we go in as peers, as people that have been right where they are, with a story that took us to a certain point, and we don't glorify it because there's a lot of speakers that, that mistakenly talk to kids and, you know, like me. If I was to go in and show the video of me overdosing and then I go into this whole recovery story about how great recovery is and how I published a book and now I'm you know, doing all this speaking and all this stuff and they're like, oh, well I can make it through drug addiction too. But the point is, is that we stop them from going through any of that. So there's a whole new program that's gonna come out in the next five to 10 years that is going to halt a lot of early stage addiction starting.
0: Uh, I'm fascinated with the fact that you said, you know, the first thing that you do is have a conversation with them. And I think that's really interesting. Uh, What particularly drew you to that first step?
1: Kids are smart, man. Kids are super smart. And kids don't want to be told what to do. And if they're using drugs and alcohol, they for sure do not want to be told not to use drugs and alcohol from an authority figure. If you have a conversation with your kids, with the kids in your life about these kinds of things, and you know, I've met a lot of parents that do it perfectly, that open up the conversation from a place of understanding and love and a place of if If you're ever in trouble, you can always come to me because I'm never going to be the parent that spanks you over this. I'm never going to be the parent that grounds you over this. I need you just to be honest with me always so I can always be there for you.
0: If I can just emphasize that, uh, I've heard stories of, you know, people, I guess, you know, confiding in their parents about something they've done that has been questionable. Uh, along the lines of drugs, pornography, uh, alcohol—you know, one of these things—and um, the parent <laughs> kind of went off the rails and just yelled at them. Um, was not, you know, and, and uh, just, just kind of putting it in perspective, how would you react to someone who acted like that to you? You would probably never talk to them again. I know, I wouldn't. How could uh, you? Yet, yeah, exactly right. Uh, and, and actually, on that, on that note, you also said, you know, if someone could have gotten the truth out of you when you were younger, uh, what sort of things would have been necessary or or necessary? uh, What sort of things would have helped you, I guess, release the truth?
1: Releasing the truth back then would have just taken a conversation. I, I don't remember ever really being asked until it was too late. I don't remember ever really having a conversation about it until it was too late. I don't remember ever having a conversation in high school with anybody, you know? Um, I don't think that, I think at the very end of my senior year, when it started getting bad and I started getting in a little trouble, I was talked to by authority figures about the trouble I'm going to get in. So I had to, you know, I had to be sneakier, you know, in order to graduate. But, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a conversation of like, hey, I love you. You've done this and this and this with your life. You know, we've watched you do incredible things. And I just want to know what's going on right now. This stays between you and I no matter what. It will not go to your parents unless you expressly tell me it's okay. And if it's a parent talking to me, you know, it's a difficult conversation to have but it's necessary. And it's different for every relationship between son and son and father or son and mother. Uh, you have to be prepared to take on their emotions, take on the kids' emotions that they come at you with when you bring up the conversation. You can't let your voice raise. You can't let any of that happen. And when they see that you know, you're really there because you care and you're a safe place for all of their emotions, then they're much more apt to talk to you, be honest with you.
0: Speaking as someone who is a prospective future parent, um, how would you, I guess from start to finish, how would you broach the the drugs, alcohol, addiction topic? uh, And how would you help your kids prepare to face the inevitability that they will be offered these objects
1: at a very young age there would be a conversation about it me personally my kids will always know my story you know i'm i'm very very mm. vocal about my story and you know being in recovery um they'll always know but if i wasn't really someone in recovery and i wanted to learn how to talk to my kids I would start as early as possible. If your kids are already over 10, 11, 12 years old, I would sit them down as soon as you finish this podcast and (laughs) just talk to them about, you know, drugs. And you sit down and you say, hey, I wanna have a conversation with you. And it's because I love you and I know that you are a strong, independent, smart, individual person. And I wanna talk to you about some things going on in the world right now that I need you to know about. And talk to you can do some research on different drugs and find out what they do to, you know, um, someone's life. There's pictures of what happens when you do meth that do a whole timeline. There's plenty of videos you can watch. My video of when the police found me dead from an overdose of fentanyl. You can uh, look up all kinds of different things like this, and have the conversation with them, and ask them. the The cool thing is, is you can present things to a kid and then ask them what they think. And that's always the most powerful way to influence someone is get them to find the answer themselves. So asking them, you know, um, have you been offered anything yet? Marijuana or alcohol or anything? And then if they, if, they com- if they come to you with truth and they've already tried something, just ask them what they thought of it. Ask them how it was don't judge, don't reprimand, don't, you know, spank them or any of that stuff. Because chances are, if you have a 14 year old or older, they have. So be prepared for that before going into the conversation. And if they're younger, you know, talk to them about it, you know, you know, what would you do if someone offered you this? You don't tell them, you know, if someone offers you drugs, just say no, because that's telling them what to do. They didn't come up with that answer. And Mm -hmm. they're a lot of times they're going to go against that answer because they were told what to do. So, however your relationship is with your child, offer up questions for them to come to conclusions for themselves.
0: Wow, I really like that. Um, and again, I'm just thinking back to I'm just thinking back to my personal upbringing and and. Uh, A lot of things my parents did really well, and I actually do remember certain conversations where, you know, they're like, you know, they kind of walked us through some stuff. And your point about researching, I think, is a really good point, and and that's probably something that hopefully our our adventurers will uh, put into practice. But kind of switching perspectives a little bit, let's say you yourself have managed to get to a point in life, let's say your 20s, where you are addiction-free, you know, you have not been, you have not delved into it, but um, it's more so because you haven't really been offered an opportunity. What sort of things would you do for yourself to make sure that you never find yourself slipping down into addiction?
1: In your 20s, if if you're 25, 26, 27, or older, and you haven't tried drugs, you really don't need to. I'm telling you right now, you you don't need to. And I'm not really a proponent for drug use in, in any fashion. However, I believe that there are certain drugs that some people can experiment with that will not take them down a road of addiction. If you haven't tried cocaine, amphetamines, Or opiates. Don't ever try them. There is absolutely no reason for that in your life. There's nothing they can add to your life. There's nothing they can add to your your personality, your character. There is no value in ever trying those drugs. Anything else that you decide as an adult with your life together that you want to try for yourself That's up to you. Get some advice from some good friends, you know, that only do those types of things. And see if it'll take you on some kind of, you know, exploratory journey. I don't know. Don't ever try cocaine, opiates, or amphetamines. If you're considering anything and you're going to do it, make sure you do it in a safe place with safe people. And the reason why, you know, the reason why I'm having this conversation with you in that fashion is... I, I have to be authentic, you know, and there's people out there that have very good relationships with certain drugs. I have friends that have had very good relationships with certain kinds of drugs and I'm an addict. I'm someone that if I do mushrooms, I very likely within a couple hours will be shooting up heroin. That's just how it happens for me. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you have a life you want to live with friends that know what they're doing, do it. Don't ever try cocaine or crack, opiates or amphetamines. The reason why I say twenty five or twenty-seven years old is even early twenties can be can still be a very influential time on your mind and your your view of the world. So if you try mm-hmm. if you try certain things that even 19, 20, 21 years old, if you haven't yet, um, it can very easily alter the entire path of your life, you know? And by the time you're 25, 26, 27, you're like, well, I decided I want to try crack. Why not?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and kind of speaking about that self-awareness, what sort of things would you recommend the adventurer uh, do in order to pursue a little bit more of that self-awareness and really get a feel for, you know, what they can or can't handle?
1: Journal it. I I love journaling to get thoughts out and get awareness out. So a good prompt for journaling when you're thinking of a decision like this is write down what your thoughts are about it. Literally put a put a date at the top of a page and write down, you know, I'm, I'm considering right now trying this. The reason why I want to try it is this, 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 and this. I heard about it from here. And this is what I hope to get out of it. And that kind of stuff. And then go into it's like a pros and cons thing. And then go into the reasons why you wouldn't want to. And really get out all of your thoughts onto paper so that you can collect them and make your decision from there. And this is actually this doesn't we can talk about this about anything in life. This doesn't have to be about Mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol. Something I, something I practice is in the morning, I do a journal prompt where I write down the thoughts that I'm having, how I feel, you know, the thoughts that I'm having, this is like right early in the morning. And then I write down three things I'm grateful for. And then three amazing things that could happen today. And then at night I do an inventory. I basically write, you know, my thoughts, some things that happened that day, if anything stuck out that I really want to keep track of. And then I write down three amazing things that did happen today because a lot of times they don't match. And the amazing things that did happen <laughs> are greater than the things that I wanted to happen. And then mm-hmm. I, I give myself a grade for the day on, you know, four pillars. If it's health, productivity, connections and family, and business.
0: I love it. Um, Every video game, every tabletop RPG has stats. Uh, And Adam, you essentially described, you know, you have created your own stats and am I doing things that are increasing my stats, essentially? Uh, And you're chronicling your own hero's journey, which I, which I, I love. And I think that's a really useful thing that, people should do because you can also go back and look historically and say well i think i have been improving there there seems to be somewhat of an upward trend um now looking at the clock i am cognizant that i think we've reached the end of our time maybe gone a little bit over so sorry about that um i want to be respectful for your time um okay we're good awesome yeah. uh I, I wanted to ask i do you want to said, touch
1: on something you yeah. just said also if that's cool
0: Sure, go ahead, go ahead.
1: So it's funny you say that because when you talk to high-level people, or if you notice this with high-level speakers or people like that, they talk about life and they actually use the term game. And you'll hear it all the time. That's not the game I'm playing. Gary V says it. You know, uh, I don't sit and watch YouTube videos because that's not the game I'm playing. And... Mm-hmm. If you look at life as, as a game, as something that, you know, you have to beat this master. You have to beat this problem. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, learn this in order to get this pack on your back to do this. You know, you have to learn about real estate in order to do this with your life. And, and you know, you build this over here. You, you can level up over and over and over and over.
0: Agreed. I love putting that in terms of the game of life uh, and, and really thinking about addiction. It's, you know, it's not, it, it, it's a hindrance, you know, on the stats that you have. I can just imagine someone putting it in, in some in, in some video game or something as like a challenge that you have to overcome and, and not something that you would seek out. Um, when you talked about the average age of drinking and, and drug use, you said it was 12 to 13. Just a big curiosity. Why do you think that age particularly?
1: The prepubescent or uh, pubescent years are when we start to realize, like for real, that we are our own person. And the influence that happens at a middle school and a high school are, you know, those the, the mixture of kids that could be being influenced by you know, older brothers and older sisters and older cousins and all of these people, you know, it gets passed down. And that's when, that's a shift between when we are influenced by our parents and listen to our parents to being influenced by our environment and our peers. So a lot of people call it peer pressure and things like that. Um, But at that age is when we start to be more, you know, malleable by our environment. And our environment used to be spending a whole lot of time at home with our parents, listening to what they said, listening to, you know, everything they told us to do or else, you know, clean your room or you're going to be grounded and that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden we're spending more than half of our day with all these other people. And that's why it's so important that parents continue the conversation with a level of trust on your part where, where the kid trusts you to be able to come to you with anything. And I know parents that have that relationship with their kids where their kids have told them, you know, the craziest things and they received them with love. And, and the great thing is that you get to actually help them in the heart. Oftentimes the hardest point of their life to that point, Point, you get to show up as a loving, caring parent. And if they get that at 12, 13, 14 years old, when they come to you with the worst thing that's happened to them, that will be trained in their mind for the rest of their life. How you react to the first time your kid comes to you for help because they screwed up, is how they will remember you for the rest of their life, and if they should and can come to you.
0: That sentence is probably, like, the most haunting sentence for prospective (laughs) parents like myself. Because it's like, do I really... Like, am I the guy that can, like, actually solve their problems or or guide them in the right way, you know? Uh, So, (laughs) just kind of a funny question. Uh, But... Uh, Kind of a more meta question, how does addiction itself happen?
1: Well, it depends. It depends. (laughs) For someone like me, I have an allergy that they haven't found what the gene is or what the exact abnormality is. But my mind actually reacts different to anything that alters it. Anything that alters my mood or my mind or the state that I'm in actually causes something called the phenomenon of craving to where if I'm not high or I'm not being altered or I'm not in a mood difference, then I'm, I'm, I I'm need it. I feel like I need it. I need to alter my mind. I need to do this. And people that don't have that don't understand it, you know? It's, it's hard to understand why, why we can't have one drink and stop. Um, but then there's, there's certain drugs that, you know, if you give uh, a 30-day prescription of Percocet, low-level Percocet, to 100 people, 100 adults, 40% of them are going to become physically addicted in 30 days. And the, the stats for the addicts, like the gene for what I just explained to you for me, is like 10% or less of the population. So if that's the case, that means someone that doesn't have what I have, someone that isn't necessarily a genetically born addict, can get addicted to things like cocaine, crack, opiates, heroin. Fentanyl, meth, those kinds of things, you don't have to have what I have, and it can ruin your life.
0: That's incredible. Um, uh, Again, just a curiosity, uh, is – and I know you said they haven't found the specific gin, so I'm guessing they don't know if it's uh, like a – what's the word? If it's a dominant characteristic or if it's recessive or anything like that?
1: Right. I don't – yeah, I don't think they found exactly what it is because still – Science is actually saying that it could be a mix of genes and environment. Um, I think, <laughs> like, I believe that they're really close to finding it, though. I believe that they're really close to finding it. Um, but the, the problem is, is that it centers in the mind. So if it's not, you know, it's something that's passed down, you know, but where is it? If it's, if it's something <laughs> that is an allergy that's in our mind, It's totally different because they've actually found that it's an allergy. And when you think of an allergy, you think of taking peanuts and you get hives and your throat closes up or, or, you know, those kinds of allergies. But this one makes you want more drugs. And if you don't know what, if you haven't experienced it, it's very difficult to understand how that allergy Mm. is real. Like I, I had everything going for me in my younger years and drugs took
0: all of it, all of it. Talking about that, uh, I guess there's one final curiosity. <sighs> what was it specifically that, that made you try that first whatever it was?
1: Watch the influences around you kids. I, I had someone in my life at the time that was older and I love him very, very much. He's, I, I love him very much. And I don't, the thing is, his addiction doesn't understand what's happening. And I was given cocaine when I was 12, 13 years old by someone that was 21, 22 years old. And I don't, I literally do not think, and I've I've thought about it and I've, you know, because I know this person very well, and I love him very much. And there was no ill intent there. Because when we're suffering in addiction, when we're when we're using things that this is what life is about, this is what solves all my problems. You know, in those instances, when someone is confused and still young themselves, they think that it is actually helping this person in a really weird way, you know, There was obviously no malintent with it, you know, but that's Mm -hmm. what started it. Yeah. And before that, right before, actually that year, that year that I was introduced to drugs and alcohol, I was the home run derby hitter for my baseball team at the Little League World Series.
0: (laughs) That's amazing that something can be going so well and then quickly introduce a a new factor that might... Uh, take you down a different path, yeah. Um, but Adam, again, thank you for joining me on becoming the hero and and sharing your story. Um, as before, we do have two things left to do. So, how can our audience reach out to you, support you, and see what you're up to?
1: Yeah, I have. To, I actually have been uh, blessed to share my story in a book that became a number one bestseller. I've been able to get it in the hands of thousands of people around the world. And I just opened up, giving it away for free, the digital and audio copy. So if you don't like to read it, uh, I'll read it to you. And I give it to you free at fromchains2saved.com.
0: Excellent. And then, like I said on last episode, we need to give our audience, the adventurers, some side quests. So this time, I'll let you go first, just so I don't risk stealing the one that you would give them. And then I'll give one after you.
1: Every morning, before you start your workday, write down the top three priorities for your day. One, two, and three. And then block out the exact times that you are not going to have any interruptions to complete those three things. And if you do this for your days and your weeks and your months, You will watch as your dreams become reality.
0: Excellent. Uh, And then for my side quest, Adventure, I want you to think of one person in your life that you can today have a difficult conversation with and be cognizant of your role in that conversation, whether you are the listener or the instigator of the conversation. Go pull them aside and say, Hey, can we talk? I would like to talk about X topic and then start the conversation. Uh, so, Adventurer, all those will be up in the show notes. Make sure you reach out to Adam on his social media. Those will also be up in the show notes. Adam, thanks again for being here and sharing your story. Um, any final words to our Adventurers?
1: Yeah, life is an adventure. Life is a game. Enjoy it and become your own hero.
0: Excellent. All right, adventure, you heard it here. And until next time, keep adventuring.